I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with security leaders at medical device maker ICU Medical. Marshall Fryman is ICU Medical's Director of Innovation and Interoperability, and Shaitanya Srinivasa Murti is the company's Director of Cybersecurity and Medical Device Connectivity Engineering. They will be discussing the steps their organization is taking to bolster cybersecurity of its medical device products. Now, I understand that ICU Medical recently entered into a new partnership with security firm Improvada. How will that help ICU Medical improve the cybersecurity of its medical devices? Marshall? So Improvada is the premier security provider for the acute care marketplace. The recently announced partnership will let us integrate our products between Improvada and ICU Medical to enhance the security and single sign-on capabilities of the two systems to minimize the burden on the clinical provider to obtain secure access while still maintaining the robust security that our products are known for. So now, when you look into the marketplace, what do you see as some of the top medical device cybersecurity challenges that are facing healthcare entities right now? Shaitanya? So in case of medical devices, as you know, there's a lot of uh, soups which are used, which is a software of unknown providence or commercially off-the-self software used. So these software do have quite a bit of vulnerabilities, and how do we manage it in a timely manner is one of the uh, you know, a challenges that medical device uh, vendors have. And the second thing, which is probably much more important, is medical devices are actually deployed in a hospital settings, majority of them. And security, when it comes to a holistically, the security is actually a, a symbiotic relationship between the device and the network. So what we would really like is for the hospitals and the medical device manufacturers to actually come together and maybe work towards a standard through which they can actually develop, design, and also deploy against it. So that way we can actually ensure that the security is considered during the design and development process as well as how it is actually deployed in the field and how it is being used. So there we see some gaps, and as a result, NCCOE, which is a a subsidiary of NIST, came up with uh, some standards, which uh, actually called, uh, it was a study called Securing Wireless Infusion Pumps. It was a specific study done against uh, infusion pumps in which ICU Medical was a partner, And they came out with some guidances on how a network needs to be set up in the hospital environment to provide better cybersecurity defenses. So what we would love to see is like all the uh, HDOs and hospital uh, providers adhere to these standards so that way it becomes easier for the vendors to design and develop their products towards such standards. Marshall, did you want to add anything? I think the the key aspect of any security system is security in layers or in depth. So our products focus a lot on that approach. And you see that in the certifications that we have. So uh, we have a UL listing. We're the only company with a UL listing for cybersecurity. You see that with the various approaches we take that we discuss with our customers on how we build a robust, very deep security layer around our products and our interoperability because, unfortunately, it's a hostile world, and you continually see attempts to 
attack devices and networks, both in medical spaces and in commercial spaces. And you see that from the banking sector and all sorts of different areas today. So it's a never-ending game of staying one leap ahead of where the attacks are coming from. And we devote an enormous amount of resources to making sure that we lead the market in that. So now when it comes to attacks, as we know, ethical hackers often demonstrate simulated hack attacks that could happen to medical devices. Now, when it comes to authentication and access to medical devices, what are the general weaknesses that we're seeing among legacy medical devices overall, especially when it comes to some of the vulnerabilities that do get highlighted in these ethical hacks? So typically what we do, um, as you know, cybersecurity of medical devices is actually um, you know, a, a recent phenomenon, right? Earlier, medical devices have been in the field or in the industry for a long time where security was not of too much of paramount of importance at that time. So off late, companies like ICU Medicals and others are, are adding cybersecurity right into the design and development phase. So the various standards that are coming out of FDA, uh, like pre-market guidance, post-market guidance, and various other standards are incorporated during the design and development phase of the device itself. And ICU Medical, for example, hires an external white hat hacking firm to thoroughly test the product when we are done with our design and development process to ensure that we are good, we do meet the standards, and also there's no unknown unknowns at that point of time. And as already Marshall mentioned, we are also testing against some external industry-recognized, FDA-recognized standards like UL2900 and also FIPS 140-2 for cryptographic modules and such as that. So doing these things, we believe that, you know, improves the security of the device. And ICU Medical, along with a few other uh, vendors, are actively participating in DEF CON sessions as well. DEF CON uh, has a biohacking village, which is sponsored by FDA, and we have taken our devices there just to let, you know, some of the hackers and others to, to take a look at the device and then see what they can you know, do with it. And hopefully we can also learn something from there so that way we can be proactive in you know, mitigating any risks uh, that we're un- unaware of during white hat testing. Now, the FDA recently released new draft cybersecurity guidance for the pre-market of medical devices. Recommendations to medical device makers in this draft guidance include manufacturers providing a cybersecurity bill of materials for the components of their products, and then also classifying devices into two tiers, higher risk for products that are connected and standard risk for devices that don't meet the various criteria for higher risk. What do you think about these new recommendations in the guidance? And when it comes to the cybersecurity bill of materials that is proposed, is that doable? Why or why not? It is a very good step. Uh, So generically, it may be a little more difficult to provide the whole cybersecurity bill of materials. I think it depends from vendor to vendor. Certain medical devices may be an embedded system. So there may be, uh, technically they are asking some kind of what type of soups are there or what type of you know, modifications that you have done to your, uh, your operating system and various kinds of things. Uh, so now, now publishing that out may be a little difficult, 
But uh, having said that, there are certain other standards. For example, UL. UL, is, uh, UL has come out with this 2900 standard, and one of the sub-requirements of that is to provide a soup list and also the cybersecurity bill of materials to them in which they do the uh, static testing and also white hat testing and look at all the vulnerabilities that are present in any of the soups provided there. So it may be a better way to actually go through a certified lab where in which you are not actually disclosing uh, all your uh, internals out into the market space. But from a different perspective, from a hospital perspective, it may be actually a good idea to do that because then they would actually know that what type of you know soups are present and as a result, they can actually do uh, preventive maintenance or how they can classify their network to prevent any vulnerabilities that may come in those soft, you know, soups for which a vendor may not have any uh, mitigations. So there is, there is a positive from that front, but this guidance came out and they're still collecting uh, the feedback from the community. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how things uh, play out on that front. I think this just goes back to the earlier comment I had about the defense in depth. Every layer, both inside the product and inside the network, has to be secured, and that's what they're recognizing uh, with this approach. Obviously, it's something that we as a manufacturer spend a lot of time verifying every portion of our platform to ensure the security. But the force to drive the industry there recognizes that even a simple low-lying breach for instance, it was discovered that uh, LibSSH, which permits secure access to a Linux shell, has a long-term flaw in it where, if implemented, allows an attacker to gain root access to the device. It's unclear that it impacts anything in the medical space, but in the general commercial space it does. But these types of vulnerabilities exist, and if you don't discover and test and maintain each layer, that's where you get into the issues. And that's why the FDA guidance is so important as a good step to drive the security further forward. Thanks, Marshall. Thanks, Shaitanya. I've been speaking to Marshall Fryman and Shaitanya Sarinavasa Murti of ICU Medical. I'm Marianne Kobasak McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.